1: Welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars.
2: Moore fights to keep it in. Does has it in the corner to Sanderson.
0: Scores! Ray Park
1: from the face circle to the right of Reggie Lindland, buying it down, and Whitmore blew it. It bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over the gets loose, and Bergeron. There are three ways you can support the show. We are available on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud.com, and on thehockeywriters.com, located in the podcast channel of the website. Now here's your hosts, Mark Allred and Rob Tomlin.
0: Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome back for episode 40 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the Tuca Rask edition. I just want to start off by saying we apologize for the last couple weeks of technical difficulties i swear this is the 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 doings of uh the 38th episode which we called the jordan karan episode so we're, we're going to move on to players numbers that suck that that didn't didn't suck in the future so we're, we're trying to change our luck here um rob how are we doing today
2: i'm good sir how are you
0: i'm very good very good i'm 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 actually really pumped up about about talking about this this previous week of hockey, and oh, yeah. I I thought that the Bruins really played to to their. You know I I hate bringing up big bad Bruins all the time, but yeah. that was a pretty good, a sample size of uh, of what that's all about.
2: Yeah, and what this team can actually produce when they put their minds to it. Exactly. that—that like, that was some good hockey played this week.
0: Uh, ex- except for um, the Carolina Hurricanes game on Sunday of last week, which was the uh, Sebastian Aho show and pretty much killed us in overtime. Yeah. I I I thought they they went on to to play a very very tough St. Louis team. Um, oh yeah at St. Louis, which is... I mean, it, the Bruins do have a pretty decent home... I, I mean, away record. But to yes. go into their house and, and pull out a 5-3 to three victory, I thought was uh, impressive.
2: Yeah, definitely. It, it showed a lot of... It shows a lot of guts when you go up against a powerhouse like St. Louis, who have depth in all the right places. It's, uh, it's good to pull out a win against them teams, definitely.
0: Yeah, and uh, the... Thursday game against the Predators I mean, even though they lost in yeah. regulation I gotta give that team the Bruins team a, a ton of credit for staying in it and trying to get you know to try to get those those two points as as, as hard as it was but uh, I just I thought that was a very good game I thought it was a, a, a lot of passion involved in that game
2: a lot oh, of great you, you saw that right at the end when what was it like? Two, two or three seconds left on the clock, and Tory Krug went and blocked that shot that was going in the empty net. Yep. And there was there was no chance they were going to score off it, but he didn't want that goal going in for the empty net. So it definitely shows a lot of heart on his part.
0: For sure. Um. And the, the definitely the game of the week was oh, yeah. was was yesterday. And, I mean, the Bruins just killed the Flyers. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. killed the Flyers. Uh, to a The Brad Marchand's show. Yeah, five-point game, uh, yeah. A, a milestone. Um, I, On I, his 500th NHL game as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that's impressive. And it, it's good to see him continue to be one of those uh, point-producing players for this team that see you know that has not always been point producing in the in in the previous uh, weeks of the season so um, yeah. we're definitely seeing in a nice turn and I think it's the appropriate time that this this time is is coming because you know it, as soon as you wink an eye it's going to be April
2: yeah definitely so it's, it's going quick yeah I said this would happen, though, when because it felt like such a long off-season this year. And I knew, like, it was going to feel like such a short season and, like, half the season's gone. Right. It's crazy. So, I mean, it'll soon be over, but will we be in the playoffs? Will we have that extra hockey? Who knows?
0: Absolutely. But, um... I got some uh, some more good news. I, we always seem to have some good news, but it always turns out to be a technical issue. But we, we've moved on to um, a sponsor for our show, and that's a complete show sponsor. So we're not going to break it up into bits and pieces. We're not at that level yet. So, But um, we've teamed up with... Um, The great people at Beast from the Northeast uh, clothing company, sports clothing company. And um, today's episode and future episodes will be brought to you by the great people at Beast from the Northeast who pride themselves on using the highest quality apparel to showcase their one-of-a-kind designs that you won't find anywhere else. So be prepared to stand out and rock your Beast gear proudly and loudly at beastfromthenortheast.bigcartel.com definitely go check them out they've been treating us very well Um, like I said last week I got a shirt that is really cool and it's a really good quality and I'm I'm gonna be doing a lot more
2: business with those guys so oh yeah have you seen the uh, backers shirt that they've got in as well I did I'm gonna I think I'm gonna have to like do a bulk order get like five shirts and just get them shipped up nice nice I'm sure those guys
0: those guys will really appreciate that oh yeah So, yeah, so we're going to be uh, just mentioning those guys here and there. We're still going to try to do the trivia. We don't have much interest right now. If you're interested, please uh, just say that you're interested, and we'll put you into a drawing. And if you win, you you can come on and appear on the show with us. Um, Send me an email at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and we'll try to get you on.
2: Or contact either of us on Twitter as well. Yeah, that's yeah, that's... a good that's, way to get a hold of exactly.
0: us. Exactly. It's, it's probably the easier way, but uh, I just want to throw the email address out there too. Yeah. So, um, with last week's games, uh, the uh, the Bruins are, in fo- after 46 games played, they're 23-18-5, uh, 51 points. <laughs> Uh, second in the Atlantic Division, and nine points behind leading Montreal. Uh, the sixth in the Eastern Conference, eleven points behind leading Columbus Blue Jackets. So, this is this is a good spot for them. Like I said uh, a moment ago, uh, moving forward and things seem to 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 heat up. So uh, I hope it continues. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm just really excited. I, I I just, I was waiting for this week all season, you know, oh, yeah. and, and like I said, even though the, the Nashville game was disappointing uh, in, in, in the score, I wasn't disappointed in the action. So. Yeah,
2: because all season, it's felt like 500 hockey. It's felt like every time we win, we lose the game afterwards. Right. So, for this week to come along and it be a bit more consistent and a string a few wins in and it, it's a good feeling and especially when it looked like more complete hockey it wasn't like a they weren't fluky wins they weren't like one goal wins where we've just squeezed by they were they were good intense games that we won so and like I was saying before it's good to see like some of the more higher paid players start to put up points especially a guy like Marsha who's just going on to his new contract. Yeah. It's good to see those guys like actually put up numbers later, later on in the season when we need it the most. Yep. Yeah. I, I, especially, I, yeah we passed an act slowing down as well.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. we're definitely going to talk about that. Um, I just wanted to uh, bring up some players that have been uh, producing point wise. Uh, not yeah. all of them on the goal call him, but Brad Marchand, in his past five games, he's got seven goals, four assists, and 11 points. And that's crazy. It's huge. It is huge. Um, And in 46 complete games this season, uh, he's got 17 goals, 26 assists, 43 points. And another honorable mention is Tory Krug. Uh, He's In his last five games, he's got six points, three goals, three assists. And after 46 games, he's got four goals, 24 assists, 28 points. And believe it or not, even though he's slumping, like you said, David Pasternak still has six points in his last five games, all assists. But uh, he still remains at 19 goals uh, after 39 games, and he's got 33 points. But um, it remains goalless in the last 13, 13 games. So hopefully, I think it,
2: I think a lot of it though is it, like other teams are starting to see what he is and how dangerous a scorer he can be. And
0: that's exactly so, that's exactly yeah. what I wanted to bring up last week. And I think I just I, I don't know why I just tailed off on something else. But I believe they, they that teams now have a book on him. I mean, yeah. I've seen, especially last in last week's action, um, a lot of double coverage. Yeah, You know what I mean? When he's definitely in the offensive zone, he's getting covered by one, but a, a close eye by another person, another player.
2: So it's yeah. tough. And, and a lot of the time, they're blocking the, blocking the passing lanes to him when he's being the open man. He's he's not managing to get free as much as he used to. Right. So so he used to like if he was the free man, he'd kind of make the triangle around the net. So Bergeron would be the high guy, Pasternak would go back door, and Marshall would hold the puck. But at the moment, like when Pasternak goes to that back door, he's covered. And then when he pulls off the back door to come more towards the hash marks, he's then covered again. So there's not as much shooting chance for him. But he'll get back to it. I'm sure he
0: will. Well, he's, he's definitely young enough that he's going to learn from this. You know, every, yeah. every year is a learning experience for a young kid like him. Um, I, I believe in his potential. But just to, just to bring him up real quick, I mean, w- does a slump like 13 games affect his uh, overall contract project- projection for the Bruins? Like, would they look at this and be, would that be a leverage thing?
2: Uh, I, I kind of think it would be because you'd say, like, look, look at the consistency. Like, you can see the assist totals are there, but if you want to be getting paid more as a goal scorer, the the consistency is not there for him to be that major goal scorer right now. Right. So, to be honest, I I try and go for the bridge deal if I was a Bruins. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd 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 try and put him on like. Maybe two years, three million. Something along them lines. That's Try actually, and get him short term for shorter money. Then look for the big deal.
0: Right, and even though the, the, the cap might go up a yeah. little bit, and there might be some flexibility uh, on the current roster after July 1st, it, it depends on you know players coming in, players leaving, and so on, that the team might ask him kindly to to take a shorter deal, to t- kinda of work with a cap. Yeah, uh, and try to get those pieces over the summer to get even better next year.
2: Yeah, and he is definitely like he's definitely a Bruins guy. He's not gonna say, No, I don't want it, I'm going somewhere else. Right. Like I he's one of them players where he, he seems very, very happy with where he was drafted at. So, I think he'll be staying here for a long time. Yeah, and if he keeps... Barring a stupid trade.
0: Right, yeah, which is always a a potential with this Bruins team. I'd
2: I'd love to see them give him that bridge deal, but also give him that security and say, look, it's no movement clause as well. Right. It gives him that edge to be like, right, well, I'm not going anywhere. So... So if then if he puts points up, he knows he's going to get paid big by the Brits.
0: You know what's so. funny. You know what's funny about that security is I had a conversation earlier this morning on Facebook uh, in one of the groups that I belong to, and um, it was about Tory Krug, and and looking over his contract, he signed a I believe it was a five year deal, correct?
2: Uh, um, yeah, I think it is five. Yeah,
0: and um, when I when I did look at that the clauses and, and what what would keep him in, in in Boston, there's none. He's got a straight yeah. deal. Which I, I yeah. was kind of I was kind of shocked by that actually because after all these years of one year deals and, you know, kinda of, uh you show me what you can do and we might show you what we what we can give you later on.
2: Yeah, but Tory Kruger signed in the moment where it was like we're not sure whether this is a rebuild or we're not sure whether this is a playoff contender right so... so like when it's like that and especially with a guy who's would be a valuable asset if you trade him you'd keep him unrestricted for the fact that he's probably going to hold the most value on the guys that you can trade because right now I think Tory Krug is our most valuable tradable player Right, because he's young. Excluding Carlo, and probably McAvoy, but they've been named untouchables. So right, right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I just found that funny that he didn't have anything like like when Bolesky signed his deal to come to come to the Bruins from Anaheim. Yeah, he he had three years that were no movement, yeah. but his last two were were just free you could do anything with them and I kind of expected that from a toy crew deal but I was shocked that not not even one year was uh, protected so
2: yeah it it is a it's a weird one but at the same time you like I said you can see why they do it because of the the like the questionable rebuild tactic so I don't know because they've got so many people locked up as well on like no movement clauses now like, you need some flexibility if you need to trade someone.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And
2: I'd rather it be a valuable guy that you could get someone young and on an entry level, like, back, than be a guy like Kevin Miller or Adam McQuaid, who you're probably going to get, like, a fourth-round pick for. So. Right.
1: You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers podcast channel, available at Um,
0: Some not-so-hot Bruins players uh, in the past um, few games. Uh, Ryan Spoon has only got three points in his last eight games. Um, after 45 games, he's seven goals, 14 assists, 21 points. Um... Austin Zarnik, same thing, three points in his last nine games. Uh, he's got five goals, eight assists, 13 points in 42 games. And I, I can't not bring this guy up, but uh, Jimmy Hayes, he's got one point in his last eight games. And after 36 uh, contests this season, he's got two goals, one assist for three points. Wow. Yep. Tearing wow. it up.
2: So. Yeah. That that one buyout slot is looking awfully tasty. Yeah, it is. For Jimmy Hayes. You know, and because t- how many how many years does he have left after this year?
0: One full season. Yeah.
2: Buy that guy out.
0: And I and, and mean, and, it, and it's under a million. I looked into it on capfriendly.com and it's but eight hundred sixteen thousand.
2: What's that? Wouldn't it be two years if you buy him out in his last year? No. Oh, I thought it because isn't it like if someone's got two years left, it works out at three, like they do it as three years but a lower number. Yeah, I well, thought it was.
0: He's got this. He's got the rest of this season and next yeah. full season. Uh, so yeah. if you buy out his last year, it's only eight
2: hundred sixteen thousand. Yeah. yeah. So. I. I would get rid of that guy. I right. would give someone younger a spot, like Cleherrick next season. Yep. Or someone along those lines.
0: Well, he's playing. He's playing well down in Providence.
2: Um, not... And especially if you're looking right wingers, I mean, you've got. Um, I, I, my mind has gone blank now. But um, what's his name? The guy from uh, the Greyhounds.
0: Oh, Zach Sinischen.
2: Yeah. 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 I mean if you're looking for a right handed scoring forward, there you go.
0: Yeah, and he could and definitely he, definitely audition
2: yeah. for a spot
0: in next season's roster.
2: And he'll be a pro uh, yeah, he'll be a pro player then, so he can't go back to juniors. Right. So that'll be good. Yep. Another and another entry level deal on the Bruins roster. Yep.
0: Keeping it under so, the cap.
2: Yeah. Love keep that the, stuff. pay for the top six all you want but keep the I'd keep the bottom six young like they have been doing or yeah. young and guys like Dominic Moore who only cost like a million right. But, uh, I love stuff like that.
0: So um, with all that being said, uh, we're gonna take a look at the upcoming week and there's there's three games next week starting tomorrow with a matinee game that's 1pm at the TD Garden against the New York Islanders Uh, I really hope they get it together for this game um, in front of the fans this is a very popular um, game because it's Martin Luther King Day in the states and uh, always a sellout and um, then they go to Detroit on Wednesday night and uh I believe that this is the last Bruins game at the Joe Lewis arena. I could be wrong, but I, I believe this is the the last uh, appearance. Which is too bad because the J the, the, the Joe Lewis is a is a I've never been there but i I I talked to so many people uh in the Detroit area uh that 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 write and do podcasts. And they love the Joe, and they're very sad to see it go. And, yeah. you know, when you walk into the Joe, it bleeds red and white, uh, spoked, you know, the wing wheel. Um, it just, it's its Detroit hockey. And from what these guys have been telling me, it's going to be really rough to walk in there and see um, red wings and Pistons colors mixed in. Yeah, it's kind of like the, the TD Garden with the Bruins and Celtics, but um, I feel bad for those guys. But you know, a new, a new arena in that in that area isn't a bad thing, as um, you know, it's a very popular team. You know, they got a 25 year streak going, playoff streak going. So yeah,
2: which is which. And, pop- and looking like it's not not going to happen. This yeah, year. that's what I was about to say. Yep. But uh, I mean, on on the last year of the Joe as well. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> um, and then to to end the week, uh, they have they come back home for uh, a, a a tough game against the Chicago Blackhawks, and and pretty much, I mean, to me, I would love to see them beat the Islanders on Monday, beat Detroit. in their their house come home and beat the Hawks because the next the remaining four games of the month are not going to be easy. Yeah. You know, and just I don't want to get ahead of myself but if you look at it they got they got a game they got two games against Pittsburgh they got a home game against Detroit and then the last game of of the month is against Tampa Bay. So to beat the Hawks on a Friday night and roll into that the end of the month would be huge, and it would be a great stepping stone for them to, to really be aggressive and, you know, trying to secure that playoff spot. And, I mean, right now they're there. I like where they're yeah. sitting. I mean, this is exactly what we were talking about in the summertime when we did our, our predictions. You know, I, I said that they're going to miss it the playoffs by a point or two, and, yeah. You know, we weren't really far off, but yeah. also they could go on a nasty stretch of losses that could definitely keep them out.
2: Yeah, and it's a it's a tight table this season as well. Oh, but it has been for the past like five seasons, but it it's just we're getting to that point where good teams are starting to go downhill and bad teams are starting to come up, and you you're like sandwiched in between them two things. So it's going to be a tough I'd say like the next 3 years until a couple of teams decide they want to go full rebuild. It's going to be tough. Yeah, and
0: you know, looking at the standings uh, for a majority of this season, the Metropolitan Division has been tough to play. Yeah. Those guys are just and then, you know, when you when you with that being said, they're in the Eastern Conference, which makes Teams that are in the Atlantic Division, very it's 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 very like compact, like like each teams are really jockeying for position between two and three points. Yeah. So, like I said earlier, if you go uh, three or four games uh, without a win, you you're really affecting your positioning in the uh, in the overall standings.
2: Yeah, well, remember when the Bruins dropped out of a playoff place? I think it was either last week or the week before. They went out by, I think it was a point, and then won two games in a row, and we're right back in second place in the division. Yeah. So, it's one of them. Like, you're going to go up and down all the time, and I don't think anyone other than Montreal and uh, Columbus are really that safe right now. Right. And even Montreal aren't that safe. No, and, and you see. I mean, Seen three months. losses and three wins for us, and we're right up against them. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, and like I said earlier, only nine points away from the Atlantic Division leading Montreal Canadiens, and yeah. 11 points from the leading Columbus Blue Jackets. But, you know, after Columbus went on that unbelievable winning streak, I believe it was at 16, yeah. they've come down to earth a little bit. Yeah. So has Montreal. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything can happen, so I just hope they, they, they stay. And like you touched on earlier, create a little consistency, because that's that's yeah. huge in, in today's in today's NHL. You know, if you're not if you're not with it and you're not on a steady path, then you're pretty much screwed. It's not like the old days when you can, you know, pretty much go on a, a short losing streak and then try to work your way back up.
2: But, yeah you just got to you've got to put the foot on the pedal now and just go out so
0: things to discuss um, I, I I think it's an appropriate time even though we're a little past what uh, the um, the midseason but I thought we'd we'd do some midseason grades and uh, I thought it'd be a good idea for uh, for us to look at every individual player that is uh, exceeded twenty games of uh, yeah. the NHL season this year. I don't want to, because if we do that, we do everybody. We have to get everybody involved, and it just takes a lot more time. So we're just gonna base it on uh, twenty games. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start, and and my list is consistent of um, the NHL stats for the Bruins and. Obviously, uh, Brad Marchand, which is your leading goal scorer, is going to be first. So it's going to be in a in a point um, order. Yeah. So uh, I got to give Brad Marchand uh, an A for this season. Uh, I believe he's 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 definitely one of those core players, a skilled core player, and after like you said about his contract, I think I think the uh, the future is going to look good for this guy and the organization as um as a team.
2: Yeah. What? Um. I th- I think I'm going to be a bit controversial, and for the first half of the season, uh, I'm going to give him a B plus. I I just think the penalties were a problem at the beginning of the season, and he wasn't helping himself too much by going out and kind of. Trying to be that agitator again, uh, but on on the other hand, he's turned it around now and he's become that goal scoring, point putting up pest. So, yeah, I, I think could, I'm going to give him B plus for now.
0: I could agree with that. The penalties, yeah, he's yeah. He's, he's known to be a little uh, agitator that you know gets those, but. Yeah. Uh David Pasternak. Uh, just because of the skid, I had to. I would have given him an A if he was a little more consistent, but I'm gonna I, I'm gonna give him a B minus. And but it's a it's a it's a good B minus as in he still has a lot of work to do, and that yeah. that grade could definitely change by the end of the year. So I I like everything he's done. Um, he definitely put on a lot of weight over the summer. Um and he's, he's done different things to his game that makes him more of a value and and I'm not saying he's doing it because it's a contract year. I believe he's doing it for the future so yeah. it's, not a, it's not a downgrade for him it's actually good but he's a young player still in, in, in learning so I expect that grade to change
2: yeah I'm going to flip flop with you now and I'm going to go for an A Okay. Pasternak. I think, like you said, he's put a lot of muscle on. Uh, he's changed his game a lot. I think he's really buying into the Bruins' style of hockey. He's laid some nasty hits this season, including the one on Girardi that I still believe wasn't worthy of that suspension.
0: Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. um, yeah but I, I just think there's a lot of players out there that when they're on a team like the Bruins... He could have took his backseat and kind of not bothered putting the muscle on, not bothered changing the game, just played their normal game. And he hasn't done that. He's gone out and worked hard for it. So, yeah, I think he deserves the year.
0: All right, uh, David Krejci. Um, I still believe David's a group, a good player. Uh, he he does bring a lot of positive attributes to, to his game, even though he frustrates the crap out of a lot of people. Um, I'm going to give him a B-. uh, I think that's a that's that's pretty good. I, I, I wasn't impressed with the way he started the season, and I know he was a little banged up, but yeah. in previous years, if you look at his stats, I believe the last four seasons in a row, he's been just Unbelievable to start uh, with points and then by uh, nove- late November early December he kind of tails off to you know leveling out but I think a B- is a good uh, grade for him.
1: You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers podcast channel available at thehockeywriters.com
2: I'm going to give him a B-plus just because I think he's got the hardest job on the Bruins where his line's constantly changing um he's on like that middle line where if someone goes injured on the top line one of his guys has to go up there or if someone's like taken out of the game on the third line like he's got to double up for that player so uh, I think he's done a good job uh I saw a stat the other. Uh, what was the milestone that you just passed? Was it five hundred career points?
0: Yes. Yeah, that yeah. was
2: yesterday. And they were showing, uh, someone tweeted out that he is the third player from the two thousand and four draft that has managed to pass that point total, and the only two other guys to pass it are Avengy Malkin and uh, Alexander Ovechkin.
0: Some pretty elite company, so, huh?
2: Yeah. Still so, wanna still wanna
0: trade still wanna trade him, everybody?
2: Oh no. Definitely <laughs> not. I, I think yeah. I, I I think he's doing great. I think he is really doing good for the team. Even if it's not putting up points. Right. He does the little things right. And right. he's he's a very valuable player on this team and you can see it when he goes out hurt.
0: Absolutely. And and but you know as well as everybody else, when people want to evaluate a player, they, they really generate towards their stats and not the overall, oh, yeah. you know, production on the ice from the uh, from the eye test. So
2: yeah, um, and no one should ever do that. You should, especially with the use of YouTube now, you can see the little things everyone does in the league. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Uh, moving on to the next one is uh, Tori Krug. Uh, he's he's doing good. I gotta give him a ton of credit now, but for an overall season grade so far at the midpoint, um, I'm gonna give him a C C+. And I, I I know he's got more potential. I hope he brings it, and I definitely definitely want to see that grade change by the time we do this at the uh, the end of the year. Um, yeah. He he is a value to this defense. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, Of course, there's things he's got to work on. Size is a a huge issue for him. But, um, honestly, I I, I wish he'd move to forward because that goal that he got against Philly yesterday, I I, I just thought was amazing how he got up the ice that fast and then took that pass and just got it right past, you know.
2: But at the same time, that's the kind of things a lot of offensive defensemen around the league do yep. and I think with Tory Krug playing Claude Julien's system is hurting his point production that's a valid like, point he's not given, I don't think he's given that opportunity to join the rush as much as he should do as that player type mm-hmm. because he's definitely an offensive style defenseman so yeah I think my grading for him is going to be a B I think um, he, I think he's got one of the biggest hearts on the team uh, he, you can tell he gives it his all I, I can't remember how many times he's dropped the gloves like over the last few seasons but it seems to be at the right time every single time um, I think he is the perfect puck moving defenseman for this team but he's kind of ball and chained by Adam McQuaid, who seems to be his only, like, steady partner. So uh, I've said it a few times. I think if you found the right defense partner for him, someone with a bit more skill, he'd uh, definitely benefit from that. So, yeah, it's going to be a B.
0: And uh, uh, just staying on Tory Crew for a moment, did you uh, hear he calling out out his uh, teammates? Saying that they were, yeah. they were pretty much like you know, no, there's no, uh, what was the word? Oh, I don't remember the word now. Figures, but it was it pretty much said that you know you gotta you gotta step up. There's no free rides here.
2: Yeah, and basically that, like the whole the passenger's speech. From that's March what I
0: meant. And, yeah, the passenger. And, passenger.
2: Yeah. Word. Well, I know I'd seen. I think it was, it might have been Andrew, who. Put it up on Causeway Crowd. Um, Friend there of the was show, an article. Yep. Said, yeah, and a, a great. It was a great article, but it said uh, Tory Crew calls out passengers. But from what he said, it. He, I. I don't think he called anyone a passenger. I think it was more. I think it was more directed towards the, the guys who don't play every game. The guys like Jimmy Hayes, Joe Morrow. Colin Miller those kind of guys mm-hmm. and it was more if you want to play step up that that's what it felt like to me it was more if you want consistent ice time step up do your job and it's probably more directed towards Jimmy Hayes with his massive three-point total for the season right so and uh, he's yeah. been
0: he's been uh, spending a lot of time in the uh, level nine <laughs> press box
2: lately so yeah, because he's been given 300 chances and not cashed in on any of them, so... Exactly. I mean, yeah. All
0: right, uh, moving forward, David Backus. Um, I like the signing, uh, the years. I'm, I'm always not going to be a fan of what he got in years, but um, from what I've seen so far this year, uh, I, I got to give him a solid B. I, I believe he's got more to offer, and I think that... Um, uh, going down the stretch here, uh, he can do that, and I I, I believe that he's going to be uh, within an A grade for me at the end of the year, but uh, with serious potential.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm going to say the same. I think it's definitely a B grade for him. I think he's he's definitely he's brought that heart and determination that he's always had in Saint Louis. Um, he's really. He is playing the gritty game, but I think he's got more grit in him. I think he can play a lot more like Beleski does, where he'll he'll hit a lot more. I think he's got a lot more in the tank to do that. But uh, I think he's trying to be that goal scorer while players have been dwindling. So I think we'll see a lot more physical play from him over the next half of the season.
0: Agreed. And they need it. They need it if they yeah. can get... We can get what we saw this past week, was absolutely yeah. physical. Uh, that you know that's going to be uh, positive signs moving forward.
2: But he, he he's exactly what I said he was going to be when the signing happened, you, and you that did. was he, he's a major net front presence. Yep. And he'll tip pucks for days. He'll <laughs> just stand in front of the goaltender, and no one moves him. I so. remember
0: I remember the uh, video that you 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 showed me on youtube you like you you have to watch this mark this is exactly yeah. how he plays and i watched oh, yeah. it i think several times and i couldn't believe how good he was in front of the net yeah
2: and uh, like there was, there's one in that video that same video uh he's playing against the hawks and he's standing in front of that and brent seabrook's trying to move him and can't yeah. like no it, that david Backus is the perfect guy to watch if you ever, ever want to learn how to use your edges properly in front of the net, that guy knows how to use his skates to his advantage.
0: Oh yeah, because he gets he gets wide and just like oh yeah, just you know, digs
2: in. Yeah, because it just if, digs if, in, you can't move him either way.
0: Because if you're if you're standing upright and you're not wide and wide stance like that, those defensemen are going to move you all day. Because your your oh, hips your hips are your pivot points, and once yeah. they attack those, they can move you anywhere. But if you're wide and you're ready for it, you're going to take it. Oh yeah, definitely. But yep. Yeah. Uh. Ryan Spooner. There, now, for me, there's a, there's a lot of things to his game that I do like. And there's a lot of things that I don't like. Uh, yeah. Honestly, don't think he's going to be around next year. I don't think they're going to resign this guy. I believe he possibly could be uh, a trade leverage asset at the deadline. I could be wrong. Could be right. You never know. But uh, I got to give him a D. I don't think he's shown enough. To me personally, that he deserves another contract or a good grade.
2: I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go different on that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him a C, and that's mainly for his work on the power play. Mm-hmm. Because no one can deny how good that guy is on the on the half boards, like as a power play quarterback. Because most of it does come through Ryan Spooner. Um, and I think... Like, last year, I think him going on to the power play was the main reason it was so effective. This year, they seem to be looking for the one-timer way too much, yep. for my liking. Yep. Like, I think that's killing them. Uh, but... Like, I just... I think, again... Like his point production is suffering because of playing Claude Julien's system Claude doesn't want him on the center spot because he's not winning his face-offs um, I just I don't honestly think it's his, his fault the way he's playing and I believe that if he does go to another team next season his points will skyrocket compared to what they were at the Bruins
0: well that's usually how it happens you know once they, yeah. once another player gets involved in another in another system, you know they yeah. pretty much show their full potential.
2: Yeah, and if he goes to like an offensive style team, um, like even someone like Toronto, like he could be very deadly for that team in in the center position. But again, Claude Julien's system just. Like I don't think it's working properly. I really
0: don't. Uh, I, I I do have to agree with your with your your half wall theory. I do like that. I do like his power play. But what I'd like to see him do more is it almost seems like he has too many opportunities to shoot, but he yeah. think he's he's thinking pass. Um, I'd like really like to see him take more of an opportunity to take a quick look and take and fire the shot. Just get it on net. Because yeah. most of the times, and this is just what I'm, what I'm seeing, everybody has their own opinion, but what I'm seeing is when he makes a pass for that one-timer, it seems like the opponents are more ready to block it or it's, or, or a save, as opposed to yeah. if he could take that shot and just get it on net and, and, and get through the traffic. You know, I, I don't know. The Let's
2: thing do. is the the one timer's such a telegraph move. Like right. when when someone calls for it they lift the stick and if a if especially a penalty killing forward if a penalty killing forward sees a guy lift his stick like that he knows to get in the lane. Because if that puck comes to his guy and that guy gets a shot off clean at the net, that's that's his fault. Mhm. So and we've seen it all season long. Like First of all, it's such a dangerous move, like a cross-eyes pass on the penalty kill. Like we saw against Carolina with uh, Jordan Stoll picking up the puck. I mean, all it takes is one quick stick, mm-hmm. and they're gone. So I I just think they should cut that out of the game and go back to short passes.
0: Agreed. Yeah. maybe Maybe that's one of the reasons why the power play is so bad this year
2: yeah well last last season they used short passes to open up the box yeah. they put they put Bergeron out like high in the slot and it worked because all the guys after all the short passes, they realized that Bergeron was left alone and he got so many tips and even just him being in front of the goaltender is going to make the goaltender think it's going to get tipped so it just opens up all sorts of options but let's not get into that let's, right. <laughs> let's carry on with player evaluation yeah all
0: right patrice bergeron uh not the greatest season we've we've that we've seen from a bergeron type player uh i he's still a, a huge part of this core no doubt uh, but i got to give him a solid b
2: yeah um I, it's tough with this I think, especially with a guy like Bergeron, it's tough because everyone loves him so much. And I know as soon as you said B, you felt a bit guilty inside.
0: I did. I, You know, I, I, yeah.
2: I didn't want to say that, but I'm just... I'm I not... think... It's just... It's tough with a guy like that because, like, everyone knows that he plays a two-way game. Like, they know he plays all the ice, not just the offensive zone. Um... I'm am I'm gonna give him a B as well, but I know that grades gonna change, especially if they make the playoffs. You know that grades gonna change. So I, I just I'd like to see a little bit more offense from him and a little bit more point production.
0: All right, uh, Dominic Moore, good good acquisition. Uh, yep. Really changed that fourth line role. Uh, it seems to be a very positive influence to other players, such as uh, Tim Schaller and um, and recently Anton Bleed. So i I got to give him a solid B as well.
1: You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com.
2: Hmm. I'm, I'm going to go above and beyond with this guy. I'm going to give him an A. I think, for the amount of minutes he gets to play, and for the kind of players that he's been playing with, that guy has just shown that he still has skill. Like, that guy's got nasty hands when he decides to use them, um, and he's dangerous. Like he's putting putting up big time goals at the right time, just. Just when we need them, really. So, I'm gonna give him an A. Yeah.
0: Cool. All right. Uh, Austin Zarnick, uh, rookie. Not enough time. The uh, real small sample size on him, but yeah. he's 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 got the goods that can be definitely a future player. Uh, I'm gonna give him a C minus. Probably gonna get killed on that, but. Like to see him get a little more involved. Yeah.
2: I think I'm going to give him a C. I think he's got a lot more to use. Like, he's got a lot more speed than he shows. Um, I think he's a lot better playmaker than he's been showing. Um, and he's multi talented. Like, we've seen him on the penalty kill before. We've seen him. We've seen him on the power play in Providence. I mean, he, he's got skills to use. I just don't think he's been given the opportunity to use them right now. And I'm not surprised with him, this being his first full season. Um, but I honestly think that third line is his to run next season. I think he'll definitely be the starting centre for that third line.
0: All right. Uh, Tim Schaller like like the kid like his grit like his speed he's a fast kid um, local kid from New Hampshire uh, I, I got this was a tough one for me but because he's a fourth line player and he, and he ca- kind of rises up to that third line too but I got to give him a, um, a C plus mm-hmm.
2: so um I think I'm going to give him a B just because he's really shown up when he needs to. He's he's performed at a third-line rate all season long uh, with how he plays his game, at least. Um, he's banging bodies behind the net, doing all the dirty work on the boards, going to the front of the net, and we've seen him crash the net a lot, uh, just go st- straight into the goaltender. like. Old school hockey, so yeah, I think he's doing doing really well. All right, so
0: Daniel Chara. Uh, for me, I think um, the addition of Brandon Carlo has really uh, rejuvenated his career, and he's definitely been playing a lot better than I've seen in the past two seasons. Um, this is a surprising one for me, but I got to give him a B plus.
2: Yeah. I think I'm gonna give him an A minus. I think he's I think he's had like a rejuvenated season. I think Carlo is definitely his fountain of the youth. He's playing a lot better. Um but at the same time he's really gonna step up as the captain for the rest of the season and get these guys in line. Yep. Get him playing. Agreed. So yeah.
0: Brandon Carlo I, I uh, rookie ton of potential I'm very very impressed with his game so far but lately you're seeing rookie mistakes uh, I, I have to give him an I a b plus
2: uh, no I, I'm gonna give him an a plus <laughs> oh. I think to go from juniors straight to the to the NHL and play 20 plus minutes every night is just insane. I think they've asked above and beyond from him and he's delivered. So I I think this this kid is definitely special. And to say that Claude Julien isn't sheltering him and letting him play the first power uh, the first penalty kill unit as well is crazy. So yeah. I think he's doing way better than we could have ever imagined him doing.
0: All right. Uh, Riley Nash. um, Not a fan at all. Yeah. Uh, I got to give him a D.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go for the same. I I mean, I like him as a player, but I don't like him in that third-line role. I liked him when he was on the fourth line, like Shallow, Nash and Moore. I think he played a lot better then. But I, th- I think he's, like they said, his, own, his main reason for coming was to be uh, a depth forward who had the abilities on face-offs and from the stats, he's not really shown the ability on face-offs, so I, I, I just don't get why he's taking a year away from a kid because I think we could have an offensive style player up here from Providence I, I agree to play the minutes
0: I agree yeah. All right. Uh, Colin Miller for me not enough time in the NH I mean this season and then we got a new, a new contract but he just seems to be healthy scratched here um, <clears throat> yep. and, and his recent injury has nothing to do with his grade but uh, I got to give him a C plus
2: yeah um, i'm gonna go the same with that i don't i don't think we've seen enough of him uh we sh- we like last season we've seen short stints of like great hockey where you could see him being a top four d-man and like being an offensive giant in the it, on the power play and stuff like that but just it, it's not he's not consistent enough with it it's it's not like how he was in the aHL in the AHL, he was a very consistent player. Did all the right things. Um, in the NHL, I don't think he uses his shot enough. I think there's some times where he like goes to carry it down the boards or he'll go to pass. Uh, yeah, I think he needs to use his shot more and his speed a lot more.
0: All right. Matt Pulaski, I... He's a Bruins player. He, he does a lot of the right things. Not, you know, he's injured. And he made this cut by four games, so... i um, yeah. like to see him get a little more point production. I've got to give him a D. Uh,
2: I mean, it's Matt Bolesky. I've got to give him, like, an A-plus donor. Oof. <laughs> like... It, like every time he goes out it looks like there's six redwoods on the ice and he's just going to cut them down <laughs> that's <laughs> he, true he's, he is like the hard nosed player of the Bruins and he'll just go out there and bang away all night so yeah I think uh, realistically I'd probably give him like a C plus because he hasn't put up the points but he's still using his physicality mm-hmm. um, but at the same time we all we keep seeing him getting snake bitten and like I hate to say it but it, it isn't his fault it's just unlucky right like he's been unlucky the past two years with the Bruins right and I think we will see one season over the next two years where he just plays amazing so
0: um round we got four more players to go uh John Michael Lyles uh, oh. I I gotta give him a D. Uh,
2: yeah, I'm gonna go same. He's just not been good enough,
0: and... especially on
2: a contract year.
0: Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, Jimmy Hayes, uh, flat
2: f. <laughs> f f f f s z Yep, that guy's gotta be gone. Like, just I, I'd I'd wave him right now. Yeah. i I'd, honestly he doesn't hold any value after this season. I'd wave him, no one will pick him up, put him in Providence. Bring a guy up from Providence, let him play. Right. Yep.
0: All right, Kevin Miller. I uh, gotta good. Yeah, I gotta give him a C plus.
2: I I'm gonna give him a B plus, I think. I think honestly he he shows heart, he blocks shots, he's physical. I know he gets injured, but so do all the physical players on the Bruins. That, that's one thing that always annoys me. When people say, oh, this person gets injured all the time, or this person gets injured. But when you look at how they play, yeah, they get injured because they're physical players. Mm-hmm. Matt Bolesky, Adam McQuaid, Kevin Miller, David Backus, four really physical players all get injured. My point exactly. yep So, yeah, I... I I think he's a good defenseman. I think it'll be good for us down the stretch, as long as he's a bottom pairing guy.
0: And last but not least, Mr I have one assist on the year and one point. Mr <laughs> Adam McQuaid. Now I, I I know what everybody's gonna think about this, but and that's fine. Tear me a new one, but I honestly have to give him a C plus.
2: I'm gonna. Well, why are you giving him a C plus? I
0: think he's. I I wish he had more to the game than just being that 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 tough guy. You know what yeah. I mean? I I wish that his defensive mindset in the zone was was a little more there. It just sometimes yeah. sometimes I look at him when and I watch tape over and over again. It just. It's like a deer in headlights when, when, when it comes into the zone. I mean, he is. He's tough and he can move people, but his coverage is just, oh, I, to me it's god-awful. But, but the presence he, he brings, yeah. you know, when somebody's trying to take liberties on a player and so on and, and to get that inspiration up out of the team when he starts a fight, when, when he gets into a fight, when the referees aren't, you know, ba- you know that, that's, that's good for me. But yeah. I can't I can't give him a higher grade because he's just for me defensively he's just not there.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. I think I'll go for a C with him because he's playing beyond his talent by being a top four guy. Um. I I don't think he should be playing in the top four. I think. Um, I think Colin Miller should be there, and Kevin Miller and Adam McQuaid should be the bottom pairing because they're the perfect bottom pairing guys. you got two greedy guys there who play physically. No one will want to play against them.
1: You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Um,
2: yeah, I, I just... This is another thing, like, players playing beyond their ability and it, it ruins their career because they look like garbage, but they're not. Like, I, I think he is a serviceable bottom-pairing guy, but he's not playing bottom-pairing minutes. so Right. Yeah. And notice how I put that little Boston player on the garbage. Yeah, you did. Garbage. <laughs> garbage. <laughs> Hey,
0: do you, do you want to take a quick break before and I'll I'll do the um my prospect stuff? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um let's uh, go into the American Hockey League. The Providence Bruins are 22-9-4 and 3 with 51 points after 38 games played. Uh they're third in the Atlantic Division, 8 points behind leading Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins and third in the Eastern Conference. And also um, trailing the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, Uh, things are looking really positive for this team. Uh, They're on right now and currently um, losing two to one, but uh, we got 20 minutes to go in that game. So uh, some players that are that are uh, making some noise in the last four games uh, is Sean Curley. He's got two goals, one assist, three points in his last four. In 29 games played, he's got 5 goals, 8 assists, 13 points. Uh, Rob O'Gara really stepped up his game lately. Uh, he's got 2 goals, 1 assist, 3 points in his last 4 games. He's got 2 goals, 3 assists, 5 points in his last 26. Uh, and Tommy Cross, uh, he's got 2 goals, 8 assists, 10 points in his last 11 games. And after 37 games, he's got 6 goals, 13 assists, 19 points. Uh, Anton Hudobin, uh since being Anton Hudobin is three oh and 0 since being demoted to the Providence team and is currently on a four game winning streak and two game shutout streak while giving up one goal in his last three games. Uh this season in the AHL total, he's five oh and one, a one point nine five goals against average and a point nine two two save percentage. So he's definitely Taking his uh, demotion well and, uh, show, you know, like to see him continue to stay down there, but it is what it is. Uh, in the East Coast Hockey League Atlantic Gladiators, Dan Vladar, since returning from the 2017 World Junior Tournament with his Czech Republic team, the 2015 third round pick of the Boston Bruins, is 1 and 1 with the Gladiators, and in the season, he's 2 and 2 a 3.58 goals against average and a dismal point eight eight nine save percentage in 5 games played this season. Uh hopefully he gets better. Uh, I like that kid. Uh Canadian Juniors and the o- Ontario Hockey League, Zach Senish and Sault Saint-Marie Greyhounds, uh four goals in his last four games. Uh his season after 33 games played, he's got 24 goals, 11 assists, 35 points. Uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, defenseman Jeremy Lousen, the Ruin, Noranda Huskies. Since returning from the World Juniors, he's appeared in two games, contributing one assist uh, in two games. Uh, his season total, after 15 games played, is two goals, 10 assists, 12 points. Jacobs Borrell, defenseman for the St. John Sea Dogs. Since his return from the World Juniors, he's appeared in four games. Uh, posting one assist. His season totals after 24 games played, is six goals, 13 assists, 19 points. Uh, Western Hockey League, Jesse Gabriel of the Prince George Cougars, after nine games without a goal, the 2015 fourth-round pick of the Bruins is uh, has two goals, three assists, five points in his last five games and has amassed a staggering 38 penalty minutes in his last eight games. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, He's definitely seen some frustration in the the past couple of weeks. So uh, after 37 games played, he's 21 goals, 16 assists, 37 points, and 54 penalty minutes. So those 38 penalty minutes pretty much came within the last, like, two weeks.
2: That is crazy. Yeah.
0: Hopefully he gets a little better. That Western Hockey League is tough, man. It really is.
2: Oh, yeah. Tough kids down there.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, in the NCAA, Anders Bjork of the Notre Dame University uh, went had a goal and an assist with two points in both games at Merrimack College last week. He's 17 points in his last 12 games, which is impressive. Uh, his season total after 23 games played is 15, 20, and 35. Ooh. And continuing in the NCAA, uh, Ryan Fitzgerald, the Boston College, played two games last week recording one assist. Uh, before those two games, uh, his last action was in late November when he was out with an injury, so it's good to have him back. And uh, Boston University's Jakob Forzbacher Carlson had one goal last week. And to extend his season high point streak to four games, where he went six, uh, six two and eight, and his season total after twenty games played is nine goals, twelve assists, twenty one points, and that's all I got for that.
2: It's good to see uh, JFK putting some points up.
0: Yeah, lately, lately it's been it's been real good. I. I don't know what his problem was in the beginning of the year, um, whether it be an adjustment issue or whatever. Yeah. But it's good to see him, you know, um, coming around a little late in the season. But you know, there's there's a lot more tournaments coming in, and I'm sure that he'll the uh, Boston University team how stacked they are. Now, I mean, yeah. not only with uh, McAvoy, JFK, and um, but they they I mean. They're probably going to have a good, um, not a Frozen Four, but a good NCAA tournament coming up. So, yeah. Was forward. it you
2: that shared that article from the Boston Globe like a couple of hours ago, um, the one about McAvoy? I believe it was. Yeah, about him possibly, like they reckon he's going to make the, uh, the Bruins next season.
0: Yeah, and that's one yeah. thing I wanted to talk to, you know, about real quick is everybody wants him up. Everybody wants him up. I, I get I get the sensation and so on, but you also don't want to be rushed. Um, but the,
2: the, the, also the problem is like the only way that happens in my eyes is if they trade one of Adam McQuaid or Kevin Miller because you have to get a spot for him. Well, they don't like they don't like playing guys on the rough side, do they? Like nope. on the defense. They don't like a right handed shot on the left side or a left handed shot on the right side. Right. So that leaves you with three right handed shots and four left handed shots. It's a bit awkward, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. So I, I I don't know. Plus I don't I don't think they're gonna bring McAvoy in until the point that they're ready. For this overhaul. Yep. Like, and I don't think it'll happen until Chara leaves.
0: I agree. I agree. Yeah. So I, I definitely see McAvoy. I mean, this is my personal opinion because I'm a huge prospect guy. And I, I know yeah. I say this repeatedly, but I'd like to see him get more involved in the NCAA and kind of work his way in uh, slowly. I don't want to yeah. rush players. We've seen what happens to players that when they get rushed in the past. But I know this is a new regime. This is a more comfortable. Uh, I believe Don is an outstanding person at bringing in younger players. I definitely yeah. agree with that. But uh, the transition has to be right. Um, and you know, while we're talking about that, it's it, another issue got brought up earlier this week when I when I started talking about Peter Koharic of the of the Providence Bruins and um, Jake DeBrusque. I mean. Yeah the last time we talked, Jake DeBrusque was on an eight game point streak. Yeah. Recently he's on a three game point less streak, but yeah. everybody was like, bring him up, bring him up. We need goal scoring. I don't get what, I don't get the fascination of, of rushing these players when they, when people think that they're going to come into the NHL and just rip it up.
2: Oh yeah. I, I mean, I, and I hate, I hate them doing it halfway through a season. Right. Like, before when I said Claherrick may play the wing next season, like, I mean next season, like, not end of this year, not during a player injury, I mean next season. Like, give him a full year down in the AHL. Let him play out, become consistent. Like, make sure the guy is ready before he steps in. Don't just say, oh, that guy just scored, like, five goals in two games. Get him up.
0: Right. And, and, and because I, it,
2: I, we proved with Vitrano that that doesn't work
0: I was just about to say that I mean if yeah. you if, if you just take a minute and look at Frank's stats at the AHL yes he's got 38 games where he scored 38 goals mm-hmm. that's awesome you cannot expect a player like that to just jump up a level the ultimate level of the whole world this is the best hockey in the world and inspect a kid in his 20, early 20s to just come in and 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 be a point per game producer. It's not going to happen. People just have to relax. I I get the fascination that they want to get these kids in, but you, you just got to slow down. You got to tap the brakes a little bit and understand that yeah. they might See my
2: a- my frustration with the fan base of Boston is that there's two things that everyone always gets like excited over. See there a prospect coming to the Bruins. Like coming up to play in the Bruins, or it's when it gets to free agency, and everyone wants the main guy, yep. and they don't think about the cost or the repercussions down the line. I mean, some fans do. I, I I totally understand that, but there are there are a lot of fans out there that don't think about the long term picture when it comes to like some of the things to do with the hockey. Because I think a lot of people just, they want to win now. Yeah. And they want to have this amazing team now, but it just doesn't work like that.
0: No, that makes a lot so. of sense. And I can understand where fans get that way, but I, I, I guess, I don't know, I'm more of a realist and I just like to look at things and see how it pans out and, yeah, you know. But um, One more thing we've got to discuss before we end the show, which is uh, definitely the longest show in a long time, um, is the all-star selections, and yep. I couldn't agree more with the selections of Brad Marchand and tukarask Rask.
2: Yeah, I, I think, they they made the right decision, not taking Pasternak, because I think he's got many more years to be that all-star selection. Nope, and I think while Brad Marchand's had probably what the best two seasons of his career.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I definitely think that. um he's ready for it and i think a lot a lot of the point of brad getting picked for this season is because of what he did at the end of last season after the all-star break
0: and 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 just to jump in on that note i also believe that before this season he was getting more of a local notoriety and a, and a bruins fan base notoriety yeah but i think after what he did with the um uh not canadian the,
2: yeah, yeah, the Canadian team at the um, World Cup. World Cup of I, Hockey. I I
0: wanted to spit out World Juniors, but uh, <laughs> what he did at the World Cup made a made a you know, broaden the uh the hockey fan base in general to understand what this player is really about. And I believe yep. he got a lot of votes from that. So
2: I believe he And he's how getting... many how many people like have you seen all their memes where it's like uh Brad Marshall when he plays for a uh, plays for the Canadian team and then it's Brad Marchand when he plays for the Bruins and it's always like people smiling and everything when he plays for Canada but as soon as he plays for the Bruins everyone hates him yeah, right. because <laughs> it's just the type of player he is and I think I think there'll have been a lot of players from like other teams like especially Canadian fans that um, will have picked Brad Marchand just because of how he played in World Cup and I don't think they knew he had that in him Right. So, and people said he played better than Crosby. So, I mean, he's got to get a pick somewhere. So, but, um, uh, Tukarask, you can't really, like, you, there's nothing to really say about Tukarask. He's been outstanding.
0: Right. And, and here's one thing about Tukarask. Uh, yes, I agree. He's been outstanding. He's one of my favorite players on this team. But, of course, when he gets mentioned, the hate happens, and it oh. happens everywhere, and I understand that. But I, I have to talk about it because it's, it's, it's disturbing. But a lot of people are pissed off that Rask got picked and Bergeron didn't. Yeah. And i am got to tell you, i am got to ask you people, are you serious? I mean, have you, have you seen? I mean, I love Bergeron just like you do, but I haven't seen an all-star Bergeron this season.
2: I yeah. mean the only And we've th- definitely seen an all star to Caress.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I gotta give I gotta give Bergeron credit. He's a great player, great voice, good leader. And, and he's 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 at his best at face offs. I believe he's leading the league in face off percentage. Yeah. But to base an all star candidacy on face offs is absurd. Yeah, You know what I mean? There's players that are doing better on that team than he is right now. And you just have to face the facts that you don't like Tuka and you'd rather see Vergie involved. And, you know, I just don't understand that. But to reach but their own... it's, happened,
2: it's happened around the league as well because uh, a lot of people have been making fun of the fact that Jonathan Taze has got picked.
0: And he didn't when even he's... want to. He was just like, I can't believe yeah. I got picked for after the season I got yeah, but then you so, but then you look at Columbus, the Columbus Blue Jackets, right? Yeah, Cam Atkinson is having an outstanding career year. He didn't get picked, but Seth Jones did, the defenseman for the Columbus Blue
2: Jackets. Yeah,
0: so it just tells you where you know everything it's goes. Just
2: fan favorite, it is, it is. That's what it is now because of the vote. So you're only going to get fan favorite guys every year. Absolutely. So, and I don't think it should be done like that. All right. But. That, that's me, right? Yeah, you
0: know. that was a good show. Definitely a good I, show. I thought that was a good show, and uh, we definitely have to give uh, uh, another word out to uh, the great people at Beast from the Northeast. Um, those guys are really good. Please go to their website at uh, beastfromthenortheast.bigcartel.com for all your sports uh, apparel. Those guys do a good job. Um, You can follow us on Twitter, I'm at blackandgold277, Rob's at rob40bruins, I think that's it.
2: And if you do buy anything from Beast from the Northeast, uh, make sure you tweet them a picture afterwards when you receive your items, Yes. and tell them that the uh, podcast sent you.
0: Yeah, tell them that either hashtag Britain Grit or the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast sent them, they'd love to hear that. Awesome, um, Rob. Thank you very much for another awesome week. Uh, you too, buddy. This was this was a good one. We picked a, um, a good player, and oh, and, and yeah. it lasted. And it like, went well over yeah, an hour. Well. I can't believe it. So we got to keep this trend going. So yeah. Uh, thank thank you everybody for listening. Please go to your uh, podcatcher and give us a rating and uh, a comment. Tell us how we're doing. Um, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Take care.
1: for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please join us next week for another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material.